Hi there, you're listening to the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. I'm your host, Alana Terry, and this season of the Unabridged Podcast is the Terror in the Sky series. This is an unforgettable, fast-paced collection of six novellas that tell you the story of what happens when multiple strangers board a doomed flight. I hope that you enjoy this episode of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Chapter 8 I don't want to read that one, Annie says. Me either, her brother grumbles. I put the Grover book away and ask Andrew which one he'd like to choose. He crosses his arms. Something new, he says with a pout. We've read all these before. Why don't you tell me a story, I suggest, wondering if the impatience I'm feeling comes through my voice in spite of how hard I'm working to mask it. I don't know any stories, Andrew complains. I'm at a loss. Maybe your sister does. I finally suggest. It's the only nudge little Annie needs, and in a second she's rattling off a tale of princesses and dragons in castles. Even with as sheltered as her father has kept her from contemporary movies and worldly influences, she sounds like any other child with the blessed gift of a fantastic imagination. I fight my mind's urge to wander back, to take me again to Henry's basement. It's been years since I escaped. There's no way I'm going back. Never again. I'd sooner die. And then he tells Jennifer she's going to be his daughter forever and ever and ever. My eyes widen. I feel the breath suck into my lungs as if a black hole has opened up in the space between my ribs. What did you say? I managed to stammer. Annie gives me an annoyed look. She doesn't like to be interrupted. What did you say? I repeat. I feel the blood emptying from my head, gushing to my extremities. For a minute, I have the terrible feeling that the man in the Hawaiian shirt is going to turn around in his seat and start laughing at me. I said that the princess and the prince lived happily ever after. Annie's voice is impatient, her lower lip protruding in an exaggerated pout. What did you say her name was? She's looking at me like I'm crazy. Am I? How can I know for sure? What was the princess's name? I demand, leaning toward her. Jessie, Annie answers. Weren't you listening? I thought you said her name was Jennifer, I mumble. Suddenly exhausted, I slump back into my seat. It's Jessie, Annie states with all the authority of a four-year-old who's entirely sure of herself. And who was it that wanted to be her dad? What? Her eyes are wide, and now both Annie and her brother are staring at me as if my hair has just turned green. You said the bad guy told the princess she had to be his daughter forever and ever. Annie contorts her face. I can't quite gauge her emotion. Is it confusion? Disgust? That was the prince, she tells me with an exasperated huff. The prince said, you'll be my wife forever and ever. Didn't you hear that part? Sorry, 
I answered distractedly. I feel my throat constrict, sense my hands gripping the armrests of my seat, feel the seatbelt prodding into my stomach. It's too tight, but I can't loosen it. I shut my eyes and I'm back in the basement, a scared little girl whose only dream is to go home. A victim whose rage and quest for vengeance is the only incentive she has left to stay alive. Chapter 9 Jennifer applied her roll-on deodorant and frowned at the mirror. Her bangs had been hanging a little limp ever since she got home from school. Nothing some extra hairspray couldn't solve. Dad knocked on her door. He was in a hurry, like always, but she wasn't ready yet. Jennifer, he called to her. You done in there? In a minute. She picked up her brush and pretended it was a microphone, and she was on stage belting out the melody with boys to men. She practiced a few dance moves in front of the mirror. Would this be the night Darren would ask her to dance? She sprayed her bangs again, then spritzed more mousse onto the palm of her hand before scrunching up her curls in hopes of giving them a little extra bounce. It had taken a lot of pleading to convince her dad to let her go out tonight. She could swear it sometimes felt like her dad's one goal in life was to keep her trapped as a prisoner in her own home. If he could handcuff her and keep her locked up in the basement, she sometimes wondered if he would. Well, tonight was going to be different. It was her first school dance. Darren would be there. All of her friends. It was just this year that Lisa and some of the other popular girls had started paying attention to her. Tonight was her chance to prove she truly fit into their group. She'd been practicing her moves in front of the mirror, sneaking in snippets of that dance show on MTV every morning, studying the dancers until she knew the right way to move her body. Darren was going to be so impressed. She hoped he'd ask her to slow dance with him, especially if a Boys to Men song came on. He knew she loved Boys to Men. Dad pounded on the door again. Jennifer applied one more layer of lip liner, gave herself a last once-over in the mirror, and stepped out of her room. She felt like a princess about to attend her very first ball. No, that was too childish. She was like those dancers on MTV, the one who always looked perfect and were always surrounded by admirers. This was her night. Her time to make a lasting impression, not only on Darren, but on Lisa and all her friends and their entire freshman class. This was Jennifer's time to shine. Chapter 10 She got out of the house without Dad grumbling much about her clothes. She'd already planned out each and every one of her arguments if he said her skirt was too short or her top was too tight, but he was surprisingly quiet when he drove her to the school. Drop me off here, she said a block away from the bus stop. Behind them, a car sped by. Let me off here, she repeated, more urgently when she started to fear her dad might actually drive her up to the school itself. What if Darren was here? What if he saw her getting dropped off? She had her hand on the door and was willing to roll out of the Chevy before it stopped. 
but Dad finally slowed down to let her out. Don't pick me up until 9.30, she told him, slamming the door shut before he could make any last arguments or change his mind about allowing her out tonight. It wasn't really her dad's fault he was like this. He'd been overly protective of her for years, ever since Mom died. Jennifer understood. It didn't make his behavior any more bearable, but at least she knew he meant well. Oh my gosh, is that you, Jennifer? She recognized Lisa's voice in an instant, her heart skipping a slight beat to have been noticed. Look at your hair, it's so curly. Jennifer beamed and joined the circle of Lisa's friends who were making their way toward the school. When they stepped into the gym, the girls congealed into one massive dancing throng in the middle of the crowd. Jennifer scrunched up her curls, hoping they'd keep their volume all night, hoping her deodorant would work, hoping this dance would be just as perfect as she imagined. A familiar beat came over the speakers, and Lisa grabbed her by the wrist. Come on, she shouted. Macarena! And in an instant, Jennifer forgot how worried she'd been about her hair, her deodorant, her dad. She forgot about how desperately she wanted her friends at school to like her, to include her, to treat her like one of them. She forgot everything except for the music. The beat washed over her worries, drowned out her fears. She knew this dance, even though she'd never done it with a group this large before. Everyone moved at the exact same time, following the exact same script, one living being whose parts moved together in perfect unity. She had never felt so happy before, never so alive before, like she'd been made for this moment, to dance here to this song at this precise instant in time. Lisa, the most popular girl in the ninth grade class, was on her left, and they were surrounded by the coolest, prettiest girls in school. There was only one thing that would make tonight even more perfect. Jennifer was lightheaded when the song ended. A few boys groaned when a slow song came on. Jennifer held her breath. The DJ was playing boys to men already? It was too soon. Darren wasn't here. At least, she hadn't seen him yet. Shauna and Kylie, Lisa's two best friends, stared at Jennifer and began to giggle. They leaned over to whisper in one another's ears. What was going on? And then she felt it. The tap on her shoulder, the electric spark zinging down her arm and throughout her entire body. Darren. Wanna dance? It was impossible to remember the exact order of what happened next. Did he put his hands on her waist, or did she say yes to him first? Was she the one who took a step closer, or was that him? The thing about slow dancing is it's like you're giving him a five-minute hug. That's what someone had written in Teen Magazine for their article on your first school dance. And, as it turned out, the author was exactly right. You like boys to men, don't you? Darren asked. Jennifer could hardly hear his words over the pounding of her heart, the swell of the music. Yeah, she answered, only then piecing the individual words he spoke to her together to try to form some kind of meaning out of them. And he pulled her closer. Her feet were touching his. Each time he swayed, she swayed. 
and the music wrapped them up in a warm cloud of perfect bliss. It was even more perfect than she'd been dreaming. Thanks, Darren said, grinning at her. Why had he stopped moving? Jennifer's face flushed. She hadn't even heard the song end. She wasn't sure what was supposed to happen next. Was she supposed to say thank you back? Was she supposed to tell him you're welcome? Or maybe she was supposed to grab his hand right there and make sure everyone around them knew that she'd be dancing with Darren and Darren only for the rest of the night. She was still trying to decide what to do, terrified of saying the wrong thing, thinking back desperately to that article in Teen to remember if they'd given any kind of rules. How do you end a slow dance? Thank you, she finally managed to stammer, but Darren had already disappeared. Shauna and Kaylee pounced on her an instant later. Oh my gosh, did you seriously just dance with him? You two look adorable. Are you going out? When did Darren start to notice someone like you? And then Lisa stepped up to their group, her face not so excited, her smile not so friendly. Shauna and Kaylee backed away. Jennifer could feel their eyes on her. Wait, why were they upset? She hadn't done anything wrong, had she? Was that Darren you were dancing with? Lisa's voice had a grainy edge to it that made Jennifer want to cover her ears. She tried to laugh. Yeah, crazy, right? He just came up and started dancing. Was that how it happened? Jennifer couldn't even remember. They were playing a rap song now, but it felt like her feet were still swaying slowly, like they were still pressed up against Darren's as their bodies moved together in perfect rhythm. Cute, Jennifer. Lisa flipped her hair over her shoulder. She'd straightened it for tonight. Jennifer suddenly felt juvenile and fake with her bouncy curls and took a step back. Cute, Lisa repeated. Jennifer glanced at Shauna and Kaylee to see if she could pick up any clues from them. What was going on? They circled around Lisa, giggling, and the trio turned their backs on Jennifer and walked away. What was that all about? The very next song was another slow one. Jennifer didn't recognize it. She glanced around the gym, wondering where Darren was, if he'd come up from behind and tap her on the shoulder again like before. Or maybe she'd see him first, smile, and walk straight up to him. She inched her way toward the walls as couples took over the center of the gym. They looked so awkward together, some of them standing with a full foot of separation between them. Not like Jennifer and Darren, where she'd been pressed so close to him she was certain he could feel her heart thudding against his chest. Where was he? And then she saw. Lisa was talking to him, her hand on her hip, her body at an angle. Her two best friends stood on either side of her like guards, their arms crossed, their faces set in scowls. Darren looked helpless. He looked... Wait, what was going on? Lisa's posture relaxed. She slunk up toward him, putting her hands on his shoulders. On Darren's shoulders. That's not what was supposed to happen. 
Shauna and Kylie grinned when his hands circled around Lisa's tiny waist. Her hair was so long now that it was straight, it fell past the small of her back. Somebody bumped into Jennifer. She thought she heard someone asking her a question, but her mind refused to work. Her body refused to move. What was Darren doing? Shauna and Kylie turned and looked straight at her. Did they know she'd been here watching them this whole time? Jennifer wanted to turn and run away, but she couldn't. Not when Darren was there, dancing with the most popular girl in ninth grade, Lisa with her straightened hair. Why had Jennifer decided to scrunch up her curls tonight anyway? She looked ridiculous, like a poodle in a dog show. Shauna and Kylie grinned as they stepped up to her. Hey, Jennifer, can we talk to you outside? Shauna asked. Jennifer still hadn't stopped staring at Darren. There were dozens, maybe hundreds of students in between them, but their eyes locked for a split second. He gave a shy smile and an embarrassed shrug. Then he rested his cheek on Lisa's gorgeous straightened hair as he swayed with her in perfect time to the music. Thanks for listening to the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. This has been the Terror in the Sky series written by me, Alana Terry, and narrated by Becky Dowdy. If you want to listen to or read this entire series without interruptions, you can look for the Terror in the Sky series by Alana Terry wherever you shop for ebooks, paperbacks, or audiobooks.